Hello, America, and welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News, where lots of important things are uh, breaking around the country today. A lot of big decisions in the uh, election court cases of what votes count, what votes don't count, how the Postal Service is going to handle postmarking of ballots. You can get all the latest news, all of the great coverage that Daniel Payne and Carrie Sheffield and uh, Susan Keating and all of our great reporters are doing uh, by going to justthenews.com at any moment, at any time. We're 24-7 trying to serve you with, uh, with unbiased, straightforward, factual news, and you don't have to take our word for it. You can just go to the dig-in tool and see the raw materials that uh, back up or substantiate each story that we write. We're so grateful. Now, today, we're going to have a very special guest. I'm going to skip my normal monologue so we have more time with the great journalist, Lee Smith. He's the author of that great book, The Plot Against the President. Uh, it's now a best-selling documentary on Amazon, so you should go check it out there. Uh, he writes for us occasionally at Just the News, and he and I are going to have a big story out tomorrow morning about exactly what did Robert Mueller's team know about uh, Hillary Clinton's dirty trick that Hillary Clinton was behind the main elements of the false Russia collusion narrative starting in 2016? We're going to bring out new documents. You can check this out in the morning on justthenews.com. New documents from directly from Robert Mueller's files uh, about what exactly his team knew about the nature of or the suspicion, the likelihood, the certainty that Hillary Clinton had concocted the Russia collusion uh, narrative. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to tease a little bit and get Lee to talk a little bit about what he knows. Uh, but I want to reserve the whole podcast to just being able to talk to this great journalist. He has lots of insights. We're going to tackle everything from Russiagate to the Biden scandal to uh, censorship and blacking uh, media blackouts in America uh, with Lee Smith. And we're going to do that when we come back from this commercial message in just a few seconds. Hey folks, you know what? A small regret is slouching in the dentist chair thinking I should have brushed and flossed better. A big health regret is listening to your doctor and thinking I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. I have that regret a lot. Better health today and when it matters most is why I take Field of Greens. Field of Greens is unlike any fruit and vegetable or green product. Field of Greens isn't watered down extracts. Field of Greens is an organic superfood. It's whole fruits and vegetables. Each fruit and vegetable was selected by doctors to support vital body functions like heart, liver, kidneys, metabolism, and of course, your immune system. And only Field of Greens is backed by a better health promise. At your next checkup, your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Don't look back and say, I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. Field of Greens is a key to better health today, right now, and when it matters most. Let's get you started with 15% off and free shipping. All you got to do is visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS at checkout. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, a very special guest, a tremendous journalistic colleague, uh, occasional writer for Just the News, best-selling author, The Plot Against the President, uh, and to add to his resume now, uh, his work is the uh, focal point of a brand new number one documentary on Amazon with the same name, The Plot Against the President. Welcome, Lee Smith. Lee, welcome to the show. John, thanks very much. Uh, I really appreciate you inviting me on. And yeah, I have to say the movie is usually uh, the documentary. You appear in it. A whole bunch of a uh, whole bunch of other terrific people appear in it. 
And um, yeah, it's a huge honor. I mean, it was made by, you know, Amanda Milius is the yeah. director and producer. She's, you know, she's a brilliant filmmaker, comes from a great American filmmaking family. So yeah, it's just terrific. And I hope people get a chance to, uh, I hope people get a chance to look at it. It's a terrific, terrific production. I'm, I'm, again, I couldn't be more honored that they decided to, to turn my book into a, a documentary. It's really it, great. It is remarkable. And we had Amanda on the show last week and she was bragging about you. So it's, yeah. a, it's a nice, uh, uh, very kind of her. nice, very nice synergy. Nice. Well, congratulations uh, on, on both a very successful book and, and a great uh, documentary. So I, I want to take us first, uh, when you finished the book on uh, the plot against the mm-hmm. president, it was already leaning into you know one of the greatest scandals of our lifetime, but so much has come yeah. out since then, since the book, uh, that only right. validates what what you wrote in the book. What do you think is the most important revelation of the last couple of months about the Russia collusion scandal that you know you didn't have before the book came out? Yeah, I think the most important thing, the most important stuff that's come out is. You know, we've been speaking rightly in many ways, but for the last four years, we've been speaking about the deep state, right? Before this was kind of an academic term, people on the right talked about the, the, permanent, uh, the permanent state, the deep state, the administrative state. But over the last four years, it's become uh, a more popular phrase and a more popular concept, right? So that sort of covers all the, you know, what uh, President Trump calls the dirty cops, right? So that covers the FBI. It covers a whole bunch of rogue officials at the State Department, at DOJ, uh, Central Intelligence Agency, stuff like that. But what we've seen over the last few months, documents have been declassified that actually show the hand not of the deep state, but of the former president and former vice president of the United States, Barack Obama and Joe Biden, who were involved at the very least. Um, we we know now most recent re- release. Uh, of a document shows that Barack Obama was aware no later than the end of, he was aware before crossfire hurricane investigation opened, he was aware that the whole Russia collusion thing was a Clinton smear campaign. Yeah, it's an we unbelievable revelation also, from his own CIA, from John Brennan. Right, right. It's incredible. We know also that uh, that months later in January, both then President Obama and then Pre- Vice President Joe Biden, now the 2020 Democratic uh, candidate for the presidency, we know that they were also read into the particular operation against General Michael Flynn. So I think that this this fills out the picture of the scandal and it uh, it, it gives it more depth and and you know and and, and it shows how difficult it will be to get to the bottom of everything that happened. I'm certainly not justifying the fact that there were no indictments before the, you know, before the election, because I think that puts us in a very dangerous position heading into the election cycle, that no one was held accountable for what happened four years ago. I think it makes us vulnerable. And I don't mean uh, the Trump presidency or even Trump supporters. I mean, the country, I think it makes the country vulnerable to what may happen, um, in the in the coming week and, and and in the aftermath of this election, so that's disappointing. Anyway, to come back to yeah, I think this is the biggest revelation that Barack Obama and Joe Biden had a hand in this. They knew what was going on, and uh, they directed at least part of it. Yeah, and to know that right from the start, right from the moment that um, Christopher Steele was walking into the FBI on July fifth, two 
2016 with his dossier that right. Steele was tied to the Clinton campaign, that this was a Clinton dirty yeah. trick to, to, as the CIA memo say, to vilify Trump on right. Russia to distract from Hillary Clinton's problems. The right. idea that they allowed it to go on for three years is almost uh, unfathomable. Right. You know, now, John Brennan has rationalized this. Saying, oh, it's just politics. Well, but it wasn't just politics. Yeah. It was just a smear campaign. That would be nasty and vicious. But, of course, they used the resources of the United States government, yeah. including FBI personnel. That's the difference. I mean, that's yep. what, right, that's what makes it obscene. It wasn't just politics. This is what makes it a crime, right, that they were abusing. They were not just personnel. Of course, they were abusing all these different, you know, these different sensitive surveillance programs to spy on a presidential campaign. And the fact that the president of the United States knew about it, knew what was going on, and instead of him saying, well, okay, fine, but we're going to stay away from that. Instead, the FBI director, James Comey, the CIA director, John Brennan, apparently, for whatever reason, they understood that they must have taken it to have been a green light because they didn't stop it. They pushed it harder. Barack Obama should have said, well, we're going to stay away from this nonsense. Let uh, let Madam Secretary do whatever she wants to do. That's right. Yeah, no, that that's the difference, and it's the difference of what separated banana republics uh, republics from our constitutional republic. Is yeah, there's dirty tricks in politics. They've gone on for centuries, but the dirty yeah. tricks always stopped at the water's edge of the FBI, the CIA, the NSA, and this time right. uh, they crossed that threshold for the first time, at least in right. modern American history. It's uh, it is remarkable. Now, you and I have a story coming out today that's uh, pretty funny. I just want to talk yeah. a little bit about it. We can give our listeners a little early glimpse of this. Uh, there are additional documents uh, that we now know that uh, Robert Mueller had showing that he also had many reasons to know that um, the Hillary Clinton campaign was behind this dirty trick, that this was a political opposition research project. And there are three or four um, uh, new revelations that showed just how many people knew right from the get-go that this was a dirty yeah. trick. And my favorite one is this email exchange that occurs in May of 2016 between Paul mm-hmm. Manafort's business partner, uh, a guy named Rick Gates, who we've had on the show, and Tony Podesta, the brother of John Podesta, the chairman of the Clinton campaign, right. about um, – an effort by the DNC in the spring of 16 to tie Manafort to Russia so that they could tie Trump to Russia. Uh, when you read those uh, documents that we got and you see the exchange between them and Tony Podesta is claiming, yeah. uh, he's claiming it's, that's an authentic email, but I really don't think it is what it says it is. That's his, his story yeah. on it. Yeah, Rick Gates right. says it is what it is, which is I asked Tony Podesta to try to slow this down for Paul Manafort and he said he yeah. had done it. Uh, when you look at that document and the fact that um, uh uh, Robert Mueller and his team had that document and they never mentioned all the connections to the Clinton campaign to what was going on. What yeah. is your first assessment when you come out looking at that? I mean, what I thought is, I mean, something that you, you and I have spoken about before, I believe, you know, when, when people have called this before, Oh, it's just a conspiracy theory that the Clintons and the FBI, they all jammed up the Trump campaign. There was reason to look at Russia, and it's just a conspiracy theory, a right-wing conspiracy theory to say anything went, anything was wrong. There was nothing wrong, and because if it had been a conspiracy theory, people would have talked about it, and it would have been out in public. Well, the first thing I thought when I looked at this email was it's more evidence that everyone was talking about this all the time. That's right. They weren't just, they weren't just talking about it in public. Why? Because the press was concealing it. 
it's just astonishing when you look at how many people in Washington were talking about it all the time. John Brennan talked to Barack Obama about it. He talked to Joe Biden about it. Rick Gates talked to Tony Podesta about it, asked him to knock it off or asked him if he could help, uh, you know, help get this, uh, help get this stopped. Everyone was talking about it. So the idea, I mean, it just, it just gives a, a fuller and broader picture of how many people were in on this and how the rest of the country was kept in the dark by a press that was not merely complicit, but by a press that was part of this entire operation. It's just, I mean, it's, it's, it's you know, it's, it's, it's just an incredibly vicious picture of, 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 of Washington standing, uh, standing hand in hand opposed to the rest of the country. It's, 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 it's very disturbing. Yeah, no, I think that's exactly right. The um, uh, as we move forward in the um, election, we we still have to uh, or move move forward in Washington. At, we're going to have to still resolve these questions about all the remaining unanswered questions in the Russia collusion case, the misconduct, yeah. what crimes were committed, what other things do we yeah. not know, and I think. There's a couple of buckets of, of un, unresolved questions that are very important. I mean, we, we pretty much know the FBI used, knowingly used bad um, uh, evidence to try to get the search warrants and target the Trump campaign. They should have shut the investigation yeah. down. They didn't. The assessment about the Intelligence Committee assessment that Russia clearly yeah. was trying to help Donald Trump uh, and, mm-hmm. and hurt Hillary Clinton. We now know there's evidence in, in a secret report that Devin Nunes gave to the CIA yeah that suggests that maybe there was better evidence that Hillary Clinton was being helped by the Russians as opposed right. to Trump. Uh, is that right. one of the things that you're looking for post-election to still come out? I, I think so, yeah. I mean, I believe that that they're trying to get that out, and that's been held on to for a long time. My understanding, you know, we've seen this report, is that Gina Haspel has turned out to be a, uh, a problematic figure holding on to lots of information. That would help shed light on what happened starting in the starting in 2016. Um, so that's something that I'd certainly like to see come out. I mean, yeah, I, I I definitely want. I think that in addition to accountability, which is what you know, which is what the Nunes investigators were talking about all the time, and by accountability they mean people paying for their crimes, not just to report. They mean that people must be held responsible, and they will have right. their day in court but people need to be charged. In addition to that, I, I, I mean, you know, people talk about a report by John Durham. I, I mean, yeah, I guess that would be nice. So we see a, we get a fuller map, right? When we want to know there's lots of names out there and lots of people who seem to have played a pretty big role in this. So whether it's John Brennan, whether it's people at the state department, you know, whether, whether it's someone like, uh, you know, Cody Shearer, his involvement here, and the different dossiers that, you know, that he pumped out, uh, you know, so yeah, I mean, w- w- the American public needs a fuller picture of precisely what happened. But the most important thing is accountability. I think that one of the things that we're going to start to see more and more of is how the, uh, how the Hunter B- Biden and Joe Biden stuff intersect at different important, pl- I mean, and you were, I mean, you reported this. I yeah. mean, you were the first person you were the first person to put this out. I mean, it was fantastic. And that's a, that's a foundational piece showing when this stuff starts, January, 2016, all the Biden people who are around there, then, you know, the 
getting the you know DOJ or that meeting in the White House, getting the Ukrainians to call off the investigation. So right. you put your finger on that a while ago. I, that's one of the other things I, I think that I think that we'll see. I think that we'll see these things intersect a heck of a lot, especially as we get more of a sense of what Hunter Biden was up to around the world, and in particular what he was up to in Ukraine and and his father, the former vice president as well. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. There's um, the 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 truth. I think as as we begin to develop it out, is that Ukraine had been a piggy bank for a long time for Democrats. Uh, you yeah. know, we've got Viktor Pinchuk, who uh, is a Ukrainian oligarch who funds the Clinton Foundation and Clinton initiatives for decades. Right. You've got Joe Biden's son, you know, cashing in on a corrupt uh, or allegedly right. corrupt uh, Ukrainian company called Burisma. You've got all these different factors there, and then they want to make. And then Hillary's also worried about her Russia exposure, so they want to take Ukraine right. and Russia and take it off the table, and uh, scare Republicans away from using it as election issue. And that's what starts the yeah. the bogus collusion narrative. They're intricately linked, and I think in the coming months we're going to prove how they're linked even in a greater right. uh, in a greater way. When you look at all of the revelations, I think this is the thing that our readers are most interested in. Now, our listeners yeah. are most interested in. When you look at the revelations of the last three weeks, you've got basically four sources of information. You've got the Rudy Giuliani hard drive, the continuing uh, documents that we're getting from the State Department yeah. uh, via litigation, um, the um, former business partners, Galanis and and um, the other business partner who's given yeah. access to emails and other information, and then uh, the extraordinary emails, text messages, and testimony of Tony Bobolinsky, what do you yeah. think the portrait is now of the Biden family versus when we started this, you know, 18 months ago? <laughs> right. Well, I, I mean, look, I have to say that, uh, again, you did so much on the Hunter Biden stuff and Burisma, and you went back to Joe Biden boasting, uh, you know, boasting in front of that Council on Foreign Relations audience in January 2018. The big picture for me, and it hasn't changed all that much, the big picture for me, it's, 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 it's partly that corruption. But it's also partly about you know, serious threats to American national security. Hunter Biden is a, is a, a troubled fellow. I mean, it's, it's a shame. You'd like to see someone in that kind of position who would have used their power and their access uh, to, do, to accomplish good things for his country and maybe for foreigners as well. That's not what he did. He was a very vulnerable fellow, problems with substance abuse, women and money and the different places where he was trying to do business. He made himself very vulnerable, and also he made, he made the United States very vulnerable, given that his father uh, was, the, was the vice president at the time when Hunter Biden was looking to do a lot of this business. So again, it's not just the corruption. It's how vulnerable he made the United States, whether it was extortion, whether it was counterintelligence threats. I mean, given Hunter Biden's background, I mean, the guy was a natural target for, for, for virtually every intelligence service around the world, especially adversarial ones, including Russia, including China. And what did he do? Did he avoid it? No, he walked right into it. He courted. He courted trouble. So that, to me, is still the big picture. It's the corruption, and it's the actual threat to national security. So when people are saying now that here is Joe Biden, uh, whose son and he himself, the former vice president, was treating with adversarial powers. That's a very serious thing. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you know, the Democrats are, are trying to minimize this, saying, listen, Hunter was just a troubled guy. And let's have some 
respect for the family. Let these things stay inside the house. It, uh, feel sorry for them yeah. when you see these pictures. But the fact of the matter is that this is not only a question of um, judgment on Hunter Biden's part, it's a question of judgment by uh, Pre- Vice President Joe Biden, because but we I, now know he, right, he's trying to cash in on some of the deals, if you believe Bob Alinsky, no. and he has some pretty good evidence to suggest that that's true. No. Uh, we see as early as 2011, Joe Biden entertains a meeting with the Chinese uh, that Hunter's in business with. 2013, he takes Hunter Biden on Air Force Two, entertains a meeting with the guy that creates the $1.5 billion fund. 2015, we see Joe Biden meeting with a, an official of uh, uh, the Burisma company while Burisma is under corruption investigation. All those things aren't Hunter Biden anymore. It's Joe Biden helping to facilitate these potentially dangerous um, uh, business relationships. And at the end of the day, it becomes not only a judgment issue, is the family over a barrel? Is this a national security question? What do you see in Joe Biden's judgment that the American public probably should weigh? I think the very the most important thing is simply this: Joe Biden is. It's not just that he's lied that we now see that he's lied, right? He was clearly aware of his son's business dealings, but for years he's been saying, "I had no idea what my son was doing in foreign countries." The fact is, he should have known, and he should have said he should have not just looking out for his son, but looking out for the national interest of the country, the country's interest. Saying, "Hey, Hunter, you." You should stay out of Ukraine. This can get very dangerous and get bad for you. It's not good for me. It's not good for the White House I'm working for. And it's not good for the country. That speaks to, that speaks to a very serious carelessness, right? I, I think that is central. It's not just the fact that we know that he's been lying, but the question should have been asked about him all the law, all along, not, uh, well, didn't you really, you know, how did you not know? The question should have been, or like, why did you not talk to your son about his foreign business dealing? This is very, very bad thing he got himself and could have dragged the rest of the country into. So again, I mean, I think that's not just a, that's not just a matter of judgment. I think that goes to, you know, I, I think that goes to, he didn't account for national interests previously. He was sloppy and careless previously, not Hunter, but the vice president. He was careless about American national security. So will he be, will he be again? Yes, I think that, I think that's a very important question that, uh, that we should be, that we should be considering. Yeah, no, I think that's exactly the point. And um, it, it's, it's sometimes hard to separate the family member from the politician, political leader, government right. uh, leader. But in this case, all through this period, while Hunter Biden is making money from these suspect sources, Joe Biden's got the portfolio for each of those things. He's in charge of the China policy. He's in charge of the Russia policy. Right. He's in charge of the Ukraine policy. And you see these unusual decisions. I, I, I still go back to 2013, and it's right in between Hunter Biden's first and second big China deal, at least as we now see them in right. the documentation. And the Obama-Biden administration does an extraordinary thing. They give uh, a waiver to China and Chinese companies so they can come in and get capital from our stock exchange markets without right. having to comply with Sarbanes-Oxley. It's one of the great giveaways in American history. And we now know wow. that even that limited deal, which exempted China from having to comply with the laws, they were supposed to do other things to, to make up for the lack of compliance. They never even followed through on that, which means wow. Obama let China have access to our markets and not comply with our laws. 
Um, when you look at that sandwich between yeah. the, the issue of a conflict of interest seems to become bigger and bigger. Do you think with the, the funnel that the uh, mainstream mm-hmm. media has created, you've got Twitter, Facebook censoring, yeah. um, major news organizations just ignoring something that if it was a Trump scandal, there'd be a breaking news alert every 35 minutes. Do you think this information is still seeping into the American consciousness or has the funnel worked uh, yeah. in some way? Uh, well, I think that I, I, the funnel has worked in lots of ways. And I'm, and I'm surprised that people are surprised when they say, I can't believe that the press is sitting on this. Well, look, they played offense for four years, right? They prosecuted uh, an information operation alongside the FBI. They were targeting President Trump This is when they were on offense. So there should be no surprise at all. Now they're playing defense to defend Joe Biden. Right. But I do think it's seeping through. Yeah, I mean, you know, Tucker Carlson has been getting stupendous ratings for the last several months. But but he, when he brought Tony Bobulinski on Monday night, I think he got what seven and a half million. Yes. So that's an additional uh, an additional two million there, maybe a little more. So yeah, I I, I definitely think it, it's I definitely think it's seeping into the public consciousness. I think people are aware of it, and I think people are starting to ask questions rightly. Uh, why you know, and it goes back to the point that Donald Trump has been making since he started running for president. And it's not just Donald Trump. It's lots of other people, too. What is going on in Washington? How do these people run business? Why do they seem to put the United States last? They put themselves first. And as you were just talking about, you know, the, the Obama-Biden administration privileging Chinese trade here, it's just hitting on the same issues that people have been asking since Donald Trump started running for president. And I think it may even be astonishing to Donald Trump how accurate he was to start pushing on the swamp and asking questions of the swamp. And we're getting more and more answers. And yeah, I think it's, I think it's getting more attention. Thank goodness. It is pretty remarkable. And um, it, uh, we live in this era where I think the alignment of media is going to change after this election, that people who are tired of the censorship or the willful blackout of information are going to begin to look for alternate sources to, to do social sharing, ultimate, so, uh, alternate sources to do search results. Yeah. And uh, uh, it's a remarkable moment. When, uh, I don't know if you had a chance to watch the hearings yesterday uh, with the, the big uh, social media and search ty- yeah. uh, tycoon, tycoons of America. Um, when you look at their uh, testimony, their uh, willingness to say, you bet we're going to be censoring, uh, where do you right. think Americans, ass- how do you think Americans assess that performance yesterday? And what does it say about the future of American communications? Uh, um, uh, are we headed to an era where these big guys get broken up? Uh, I, I, I don't know if they should be broken up again. I mean, I, I, I'm not sure. Well, I mean, there's a problem, right? Because there's lots of legislate legislators who will showboat and they like saying different things on TV or, or, you know, or on Skype, however that, or zoom, however that, uh, those, those interviews were conducted yesterday. But when it comes time to pushing the button and doing what we want legislators to do, which is to write laws. I mean, that's one of the things they ought to be doing. And people have been saying for a while about how we how we resolve this issue. There are you know there are laws that allow them to do this stuff uh, that allow them. They there's no unlike just the news. Twitter has no liability if they were to publish some sort of you know as they do oftentimes they publish libelous slanderous material. They are not liable for this at all. Think look if they want to if they want to ban 
uh, people from Twitter throw them off, that's fine. But that's an editorial decision. They should be forced to act like a publisher, like like you and Just the News, even like the New York Times, like Slate Magazine, like the National Review. So I I I I think that's I think that's the way they ought to be pushed like that. I'm actually very I'm actually optimistic. I'm glad you said that about after this election, because I see yeah I see a whole bunch of different I see a whole bunch of different sites that are popping up, including Just the News. But there are lots of other places that have really made their name the last several years. Places like, you know, places like the Federalist, of course. Sure. But just social social media, as gross as it is, sometimes. I mean, I, 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 Twitter is just the amount of people on Twitter who want real information, want real news, and who also provide it. I mean, can can put out uh, put out information. Who know how to read legal documents? Who know how to find legal documents? So. I, 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 yeah, I'm inspired. I, I think that even though what we think of as the prestige or legacy or corporate media, I think it's, it's crumbling. I think that, uh, it's a, it's a very exciting time as things, things are transforming and I'm eager to see how things develop over the next, over the next several years, over, over the next few weeks, frankly, as we go into the election and after. Yeah, good but, point. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic, not about places like the New York Times. On the Washington Post and CNN, but everything else, yeah, I think it's pretty exciting. It is a remarkable time and an opportunity to um, for America to kind of recalibrate after four very turbulent years, five very turbulent years. Huh. Um, uh, it's funny when I talk to some of my uh, friends overseas, people who've lived in Ukraine, Russia, uh, some of the hmm. Soviet republics, Latin America. They, they laugh and joke at me sometimes and say, you know, you guys are always picking on our banana republics, but you've got these oligarchs in yeah. America now that have enormous wealth and enormous control, and you're starting to look like we used to look like. You Americans need to wake yeah. up. Do you see yeah. these, you know, when you see a Mark Zuckerberg drop $250 million, actually it turns out $400 million, yeah. into uh, paying election officials around the country right. to, to come to his standards of what he wants, do you think we're Americans are entering into an era where we have these sort of influential partisan oligarchs who might um, hijack democracy? Yeah, I think that's uh, I, I think that's an enormous concern, and that's one of the things that uh, again to come back to RussiaGate was how we started our conversation. I, I mean, again, ha had this just been a smear campaign against Donald Trump as a Russian, uh, w whatever that that would have been fine. But what we saw some what we saw instead was a genuine third world operation, right? In the third world, in places like uh, places like the former Soviet Union, in places throughout the Arab states, they have the Ministry of Information, which is what uh, which is what controls what passes for journalism in those places, right? And the Ministry of the Interior, which covers the security services. What we saw here with RussiaGate was a combination of um, the security services and the Ministry of Information. It's real third world operation. As it turns out, some of the platforms where these journalists work are owned by tech oligarchs. So yeah, I mean, I, 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 I think there is, I think there is a move toward that, toward a, toward people trying to control information in that way, and not just trying to control it, but trying to uh, shape shape the public sphere, right? And that, and and we've seen the way they've shaped it. It's, it's, it's turned into Look, they injected a conspiracy theory into the public sphere. That's what we've been living over the last right. four years. Right. We've been we've been living inside the sick imagination 
of the Clinton campaign, of, of, of Madam Clinton in particular. America has been forced to, to live inside this, and that's extremely dangerous. As I said, though, nonetheless, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic well, that there are enough Americans who understand what, what's happened here and that they're, they're, eager, they're eager to contest it. They're eager to fight it. They're eager to put out different information. Uh, they're eager to fight these um, these enormous oligarchies. It is. Um, it is a, a. I think one of the fundamental questions in this election, which is what sort of America are we going to live in for the next quarter century, and uh, the last six months have brought out a lot of what the, what the alternatives are, whether it's violence in the streets or. Um, uh, right. big tech oligarchs being able to censor American thought. Uh, there's, there's a lot of food for right. thought for people headed to the polls on Tuesday. Um, Lee, what do you think is the next big um, issue? I'll, this will be the last question, but uh, you've been so yeah, prescient yeah. right from the beginning and in, in seeing what the Russia scandal was, seeing the, the Hunter Biden and Biden family scandal. What do you think is the next big area of uh, investigative work that good reporters like you, me, and others should be digging into as we as we head into twenty twenty one? I think um, I think one very important thing is going to be. I mean, uh, well, we're both here in, in, the, in the middle of the swamp, so that's obviously an important thing to, to, to you know to show our to show our neighbors and our, our, our fellow countrymen what's going on here. I think the way that I see it, the real center of what's happening here is the Pentagon. It's you know the world's largest bureaucracy, the world's most influential bureaucracy, and um, it's not just about the amount of money that the Pentagon throws off, it's also about the amount of influence. And I think that we've seen reasonably concerned over the last several months about former Pentagon officials and what role they played pushing against the Trump administration. I know that they put it there that they're, they're just uh, they're pushing against Donald Trump and they believe to be a bad president. I mean, well, that's fine. I mean, you know, everyone is certainly entitled to their political you know, their political views and to say whatever they want in public. Sure. But to actually to actively work to destabilize the U.S. government, which is what some of these uh, some of these people have done with Pentagon resources, is, is, is very dangerous. And that's something else entirely. So I think a big focus will be, I mean, look, we've been we've been looking at the FBI and DOJ for the last four years. I think the I think the Pentagon is going to be very very important thing for for all of us to keep an eye on. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that that's um, the Pentagon. Places like ONA, which we've talked about on this, the Office yeah, of Net Assessment. Right. There's a lot to be learned about our military leaders, the military capabilities, the intelligence capabilities inside our brave military. But um, some of these leaders have become much more political in the last few uh, last few years. And I think that that's a great area of exploration. Yeah. I, I, I think it's a great idea, Lee. Good. Well, we're, we'll, we'll do it then. Yes, let's dig in. We're ready. Let's get our uh, let's get our pens and pencils and typewriters going. All right. Well, Lee, congratulations on everything, all the success that you have had this past year with your great reporting, the plot against the president, the true story of how Congressman Devin Nunez uncovered the biggest political scandal in U.S. history is a must-read book for anyone who has followed the work of Lee and myself and Molly and all the other great reporters who've worked on this, and uh, and uh, now you can. Jump to the video version of the book, uh, best-selling and uh, most popular documentary on Amazon right now, also called The Plot Against the President. Thank you so much, Lee, for your contribution to, to the great journalism of the last few years. 
You, you too, John. Thanks very much. I mean, it's been, uh, this is one of the really nice things, one of the real privileges over the last, over the last several years. Again, we complain about different things happening in journalism in Washington or around the world, but to get to meet serious people and do great things, it's, it's been a real pleasure and honor. Yeah, so it, thanks very much. Yeah, it goes both ways. We're really great, grateful. All right, folks, we're going to go to a quick commercial break and come back and wrap things up. You've been listening to Lee Smith. Make sure you get his book and check out the great new documentary, The Plot Against the President. We'll be back in a few seconds. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, America. That wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports. I hope you enjoyed the conversation we had with Lee Smith. He's really a diligent, hardworking, remarkable investigative journalist who's chronicling of what Devin Nunez found out, the plot against the president is uh, a must-read book and now a must-watch documentary. Uh, We're going to be back tomorrow uh, on Friday with an unusual, rare Friday edition of John Solomon Reports. Yes, we're going to go five days this week for the first time in our history. We're going to give you five separate podcasts. We hope that's beneficial to you. There's just so much to talk about before the election. We want to get you up to speed. We've got a great guest tomorrow, great guest Monday. We're going to go each day this week in the podcast until after the election so that you're up to speed and can take advantage of the the great people that Just the News is allowed to talk to every day. We're very lucky to, to get such important in-the-know guests every day talking about facts, not about spin. All right, uh, one last thing. You always ask, what can you do to support justthenews.com and John Solomon Reports, the podcast? And the answer is support these great advertisers. You just heard from some. You're going to hear from more in a second. Uh, we can't do this show without the amazing support of all the great people we talk to. Kansas City Steaks. Um, folks, if you're hungry this weekend, you want to cook out in the barbecue, bring the, the, the grill uh, experience, restaurant grill experience right to your backyard. Go grab some of those great steaks and pork chops and chicken and other great items at Kansas City Steaks. I did so this week. I'm going to be cooking out all weekend. I just got my new supply. But you should do the same. And we hope that you, um, you have that opportunity. Remember, if you use the code JUSTNEWS, one word, at checkout, you get a big discount plus free shipping. That's only because you're a Just the News John Solomon Reports fan. And uh, we ask you to take advantage of that. When you do that, you're basically supporting our journalism. So we thank you for all you've done. And we will be back with you tomorrow with a special Friday edition of John Solomon Reports. Until then, thank you. Check out justthenews.com. 
and have a blessed night.